Welcome to the Ball Bros. My name is Nick. I'm Jake. And I'm Sandy. Some sports and a lot of nonsense. Did you lock the front door? Did you leave that oven on? Is your phone charging? Welcome in. Today we got a fun little episode. Uh, we'll get to them later. We have our friend Eddie Salinas from Florida. Um, but in today we are actually missing our key person. And that is Mr. Jackson Turner. Jackson? Yes, Jackson. Really? Yes. That's his full name? It is. He's oh, actually uh, camping right that. now. So we were kind of just thought we would do a fun little podcast without him. Uh, we had some unique questions for today. You know, Nick and I are going to go, you know, more in depth about some of our predictions this year for the NFL. Like I said, we have our buddy Sal, so we're going to ask him a couple of things. He's big into disc golf, so we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but first, a little bit of a recap over the weekend. I have, let me ask you, why is your voice so sexy? Oh, that is because, ladies and gentlemen, I was cheering on the Kentucky Wildcats. There we go. A really rough start, kind of. Know. My voice is gone, though. It also could have been because of another couple factors, but here I am. That's right, baby. And you were at the game cheering your ass off, and that's what we like to see. Absolutely. If you lose your voice and the Cats get a win, that's what matters. That's okay. I decided to go with season tickets for the second year in a row, and I'm never going to look back on it. These cats always seem to show up for me. You know, since since having these tickets, I we have been undefeated at Kroger Field. I will note. That's beautiful. What's uh, what's your question for me today, man? You know, kind of the backtrack. You know, as we mentioned, Jake is on a little hiatus due to a camping trip for Labor Day weekend. You know, that's beautiful. I thought I would ask you just kind of what would be a cool place that you've been to that you would recommend to people? I've only been camping one time. One time? Yeah. And the time I went camping was at the Red River Gorge. And I, uh, I went with a couple buddies and we actually camped right underneath of Gray's Arch. It was one of the most uh, criminal things I've ever done in my life because if we got caught, it would have been like a $4,000 fine for the whole group because it was like five of us. Ouch. Yeah, it was pretty, uh, it was a beautiful night, man. It hey. really was. Right underneath the arch, we had a we had a water bottle on top of a lamp, and it was illuminating the entire thing. It was quite special. Those Super are the illegal. best. Those are the best type of nights, too, you know. It, when you have that type of memory, it's always the risk that goes into it that kind of makes the trip better. It makes it so much, like, more memorable. You just, you appreciate it times a thousand absolutely and you know the red river gorge that whole natural bridge area in kentucky here is absolutely stunning yeah they clean up in the morning because there's people who hike out there in the morning it was like 4 30 we're up cleaning up we had to put out a fire like make it look like we had never been there really yeah we really had to sneak out of there and it was tough one of the guys didn't even want to get up he was sleeping in he was trying to sleep in because he was hung over did you see any like shooting stars? Maybe I don't know what kind of vibe you were going oh, for man. on that trip, but you it know, I know that would have been part for me underneath the arch because of the fact that it was like lighting up just the arch. Everything outside of it was pitch black. There's no lights out there at all. Cause you're at the gorge and you're, you know, it was like a, it was a solid eight mile hike to get out there, there and back. So four miles in. And you kind of mentioned the pitch blacks. I don't know if you've ever been out in nature when it's completely dark, it's really not dark. Yeah, it it honestly is going on it's illuminated there. and it's beautiful and, and honestly mm-hmm. that's my favorite part of camping, and you know that's what I'm hoping Jake's enjoying today. Yeah, and, good for know, him into tomorrow. He's spending some quality time. Um, kind of next, I don't know 
you know, shifting gears, I know we were just talking about the Cats and the victory. I know there was a couple other big notable games from the college football landscape that I kind of wanted to touch on. Right. Like one Georgia, of them, Oregon? Georgia, Oregon. That's the first one. And absolutely, let's be honest, just an absolute hammer was taken to an Oregon. annihilation. I mean, it was an embarrassment. Georgia showed who they were last year is the same team they are this year. They could very well repeat as national champions. Absolutely. I mean, with Kirby Smart, God, look at what they're up to. Stenson up to Bennett, as a walk-on quarterback, he's – I underestimated him myself. He right. looks like a Heisman candidate. He could have very well won it last year, but this year he's got something to prove. Uh, Georgia looks – they look like they're going to dominate the SEC and have a chance to make it to the national championship for the next – you know, indefinite amount of years because they have a system in place. You know, they have four or five tight ends on a team that are ranked in the top five. Did you see that graphic today? I absolutely I love the Georgia tight ends. I'm marking down every single one of them for fantasy in a couple oh, years. Yeah. I mean, the Bowers guy, I'm a huge fan. I'm going to oh, go ahead and say I, that. I'm going to tell you right now, he's a first-round pick. He's got to be. Oh, he might be a top-ten pick. He's I, He's got every intangible you want. He was a true freshman last year, right? He Absolutely, he was. Wow. A true freshman, and he came on the scene. He torched Kentucky. He torched them. You know, of course, I, I remember that game true. <laughs> I mean, when you look back at his stats last year, he had a couple of games where he disappeared, but when he really needed to come up big, he was the best player on Georgia on offense in terms of getting the ball down the field. And Wow. What better position for the NFL than to be that reliable guy game in and game out? Exactly. What's another game you want to talk about? Uh, another one, this is kind of more for just the score factor here. NC State and East Carolina. This one was absolutely crazy. I saw the onside kick. Oh, no, that was was North Carolina, not North Carolina State. NC State, let me tell you, East Carolina had two chances to win this game. One of them came down to a two-point conversion. They were able to kick an extra point, and they missed it. Mm. They could have won on that alone. And then on top of it, they miss a field goal, not three minutes later. You think that guy's going to be kicking for him next week? Yeah. And I uh, hope. <laughs> I can't speak on one's job, but I don't know how safe he feels yeah, in he his may, position. His confidence may be shot. I mean, that could be the whole season for that guy. <laughs> yeah, and another game, this one was just a wild score. This doesn't happen every day. North Carolina and Appalachian State. And, yes, the same Appalachian State that upset Michigan years ago. Mm-hmm. This team took North Carolina to the absolute wire. They come up very short on – this was the two-point conversion. I want to correct myself. The three previous game with NC State did not come down to a two-point conversion, but this one did. This game, Appalachian State, their quarterback – had the opportunity, a man wide open in the end zone. This, keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, this was a regular time game. This did not go into overtime. And Appalachian State had the chance to win the game, or at least tie it, and they came up short. Oh, Jesus. Of course, in an upset game. You oh, won opportunity. A blown opportunity, but an awesome game, and one that I think we'll remember for quite some time. There you go. Any other games you want to talk about? What about Florida? Yeah, this one was one I kind of put on the board here. So Florida and Utah, you know, it it was a bigger matchup. You know, maybe not the same level of like a Georgia-Oregon, but Utah being, you know, a top-10 team, they go into the swamp. Of course, in the swamp. Florida's at home. They have all the momentum. They quarterback played out of his mind. Yeah, I mean, and the thing that – 
you know, Coach Napier's very first game as a head coach of the Florida Gators, and he comes in and gets that win. Yeah. Well, I mean, Richardson, that's his name, right? Florida Anthony quarterback? Richardson, yes, yeah. sir. What do you have, over 100 rushing yards, 160 passing yards? Not, I mean, first not, quarterback since Tim Tebow to rush for as many touchdowns in a game, and, you know, he was so impressive. Not, I'm scared to death next not week. Not the greatest game that you could ask for, but a good enough game and one that kind of makes me nervous, kind of shift the gear. Kentucky's got to go to the swamp next weekend. He showed that he can be that kind of guy. And especially if Florida's going to, you know, if they're going to have us at home, that scares the life out of me. I know we're ranked above them, but they'd just be the top 10 team. I saw a tweet online earlier. I forget who it was, but they brought up the fact that coming this weekend, that will be one of the probably one of the most scouted games on the season for college football. You got Will Levis versus Anthony Richardson going, you know, head to head probably will be a ranked matchup. I think Levis will have a good game. He'll have a better game than he did against Miami of Ohio. I mean, yeah. first week of the season, you're everybody's that's why you play Miami of Ohio. You don't play Florida in week one and you go out of your way to try to, you know, put some, uh, put I, some mustard on it. You know what I mean? And it didn't feel like that, you know, being at the game, the momentum just never seemed to fully get into motion. Exactly. I, the Barry and Brown, the kickoff return was big. Mm-hmm. But there was that touchdown that, to the flat, the drop touchdown in the end zone. So it was kind of all over the place because he made a bunch of good throws in the red zone. 50% of the time, it wasn't working out for him, though. Yeah. And I think receiver wise, receiving wise, this looks like a very talented group. Yeah. So. They're deep. They're very deep. It was just a couple of drops that scared me, but I think that's week one stuff. Yeah, the defensive line hasn't overly impressed. You know, I think we were missing, uh, I think it was Jordan Wright. He will be back, you know, sooner and later. Mm -hmm. But, you know, for now, I think that currently is a hole. And I was impressed with our corners. Our linebacking core was all right. You know, get the offensive line a little bit more urgency and protecting that quarterback. You know, Mr. Levis, your your hopeful NFL player. So – in a lot of ways, I see this being a big matchup, but, you know, we'll see. It's a big game. There we go. And we got another mic that's hot. We do. Who's on the mic? Is it Sal? It might be. Oh, How baby. How hot is it? Do a test for me. Let me see the audio. Test, test. One, two. I think, test. It's, I think it's coming through. Boom. There it feels like Florida down here. It's hot, man. It's it is, hot. Yeah, we're filming in a, or recording in a garage, and it is, it's every bit of 90. I bet it feels just like Florida. Oh, man. Yeah. So, the change for sure. What you got for us today, So You got some yeah, questions? No, what do you yeah. want to talk about? Appreciate you guys having me on. Um, no, I know you, you guys kind of talked a little bit about um, fantasy going into that, kind of going into the season. Um, I just wanted to see kind of off the top, you know, all fantasy aside, Super Bowl picks, if you were to guess them right now. Before the season starts, who are you looking at, and how 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 do you see them going? I have a dark horse team in both conferences. One of them is the Colts in the AFC. Interesting. And the Vikings in the NFC. Ooh. In an okay. ideal world for me, who I would like to see in the Super Bowl, those two teams would be there because I want to see what it would look like with Matt Ryan at a second chance. Yeah, he's not got a, against a better Tom Brady. team. His O line's better. Um, you know, Jonathan Taylor's John Taylor's better. there. He's got more weapons. Exactly. Um, I'm excited for that team. Yeah. The Colts, I agree with you being a dark horse contender. The AFC is very top-heavy. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. So yeah. a team like them could make some noise late in the season and definitely sneak in there. And I, and I agree with the Vikings. They, they had a great offseason. Yeah, oh, you yeah. Know, you know, with the way they've done it, they signed, you know, Matt Ryan. 
And I think that's something that he can he can take on with that team. Oh, exactly. Um, and if Michael Pittman can take that step, Jonathan Taylor can do what he did last no year. Doubt. Yeah. Or even 80% of what he did last year. The Colts are going to be a 12-13 win team. Yeah. I and think if so. Matt Ryan can, you know, if he can turn, tone down the interceptions at this older yeah. age and really, you know, that's be his, pretty consistent touchdown-wise. That's wise. his only, you know, <clears throat> back red zone. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's red zone dependent. He, a few years ago, he was throwing two or three touchdowns a game, 300 yards, you know, at the Falcons mm -hmm. when he was really well. Uh, that Super Bowl run. MVP. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so he's got that caliber in him, and I think that'll work. But I think he's been the product of a bad offensive line. What we've seen in Atlanta the last couple seasons really doesn't speak about Matt Ryan. I think we all know what we can get from him when he's at his best. But when you don't even give him a line, don't give him any time. And he didn't have Calvin Ridley this season, you yeah. know, so or the previous season, I should say. So it was a really awkward situation there. You had Cordero Patterson as your leading receiver. And he was know, doing next both. To Kyle he was Pitts. running the ball and catching the ball last year. You yeah. Know? Cordero was all he over the everything. place. I mean, last year was one, one year. They weren't all that. Right. But, you know. Um, Sandy, who's your Super Bowl team? So I, I'm going to stick with the Rams. I have kind of went back and forth okay. on this from yeah. the NFC. I really wanted to say the Vikings. Oh, okay. I wanted to be different. They've had a good season. Kevin O'Connell, yeah. man. I mean, it's the same kind of coaching staff. I just don't know if they truly improved. We'll see that, you know, but the Rams, it's their conference for the taking. Now, if Matt Stafford happens to miss some time for whatever reason, you know, then we're going to have a different conversation. But well, if his elbow is a real problem, I don't know who's going to step up, step up yeah. for the Rams. Yeah. So, I mean, I would still say the Rams. NFC, um, who's your AFC? AFC, I got to go with the Bills. They're up there, yeah. I think the this past season, they had every reason to win it. And it just really came down. Didn't go their way. Just, it didn't go their way. 13 um, seconds away. 13. Absolutely. Literally. That's how long so, it takes Mahomes to put you to bed. <laughs> just and, like that. And um, let me tell you, that, wouldn't, that would be a great Super Bowl. If we were to see the Rams and Bills or Bills and Vikings, I would love that Super Bowl. Exactly. I think they're due for one. I mean, Bills, I think in the next three years, they should have one. That would be um, one of the most exciting scores, I feel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to see Josh Allen win a Super Bowl. He deserves he, he one. He does. Yes. I think he's a, he's just one of the coolest guys in the NFL. Any interview I've ever heard of him, I mean, he really – have you seen him on Busting with the Boys when he got he got a little bit drunk? He was yeah. a little hungover and he had to get off the bus. <laughs> like He was like getting up a, yeah. like every 10 minutes. Hey, but Bill's Mafia loves him. He's oh, such dude. a cool guy, man. He's just a man of the people. He played at Wyoming, and look at him now in Buffalo. Who th yeah, who would have thought? Not me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> who would have thought? I mean, it's, it's not hard to see when you're a big-body quarterback. You know, you look at Big Ben. He played a, for the Miami of Ohio, ah, a very yeah. small school. Exactly. Now, am I saying that those guys are comparable? I think Josh Allen by far is a better quarterback. If Josh yeah. Allen has the same, like, two Super Bowls that Ben Roethlisberger has, he'll ben, be a Hall really, of Famer. And we can obviously be, put him above him at that done, point. Yeah. But exactly. Even and this now, could be one of those years he wins a Super Bowl. Uh, while he has this. It's overdue. The whole franchise is overdue for one. Oh, yeah. Losing four in a row. It's almost Sheesh. a curse, but if Josh Allen was the one to go in there and break it, wouldn't that be that be storybook? It would be. Yeah. They. I think last thing, I think they picked up James Cook, who's their rookie now. Yeah. Um, they that's been the problem for them for their running game is is that they I haven't had someone consistent. I think he I he don't might think it's a consistency thing. I think it's more of the coaching. They never use the running backs. They rotate. It's it, because it, the running yeah. backs aren't talented it's enough. It's because the running back is Josh Allen. 
I'm mean, essentially in the red zone. Absolutely. And Devin Singletary got the job done at portions of the year last year, but overall, I don't think they want to rely on him. That's why they got cooked. You're only ever going to get games from like a Zach Moss or a Devin Singletary once or twice a year. Oh, Zach Moss, go ahead and write him off. Well, you guys, exactly. you guys both said it on my end. Um, I, mm-hmm. I said, I said Rams, Bills. Okay. Um, and okay. I think, I think those, that's going to be the, the, the team. I think the Bengals will come back. They'll have another another you season. Think? They'll be back. Okay. Um, I think Joey B has so much to prove. Joe Shiesty. Yeah. You know, he's got he's got a lot to prove, and I think they, he's there. They should be better. Um, the yeah, Bengals they should really be should be better. And then, um, yeah, I think them. And then I've, I think Cardinals will be up there too. Um, Kyler got paid. There Big pain. Two sixty. Yeah. Got to study the playbook. This guy. Yeah. This guy. Study. Got to put his four hours a weekend. That's crazy. They put that in a contract like that. Who leaked it? I couldn't tell you. The team. I think the yeah. team leaked it. I think the you team think wanted so? to they make him look some bad. Fire under him. You want oh, him to play mad. I saw this video of him on Twitter, and he was just like talking about all these accolades he's had in the few years he's been with us. You know. Oh yeah. League. And he's like, oh, I don't. I've he's never like, I don't had to, work to prove to you all that I can't play this game. You mm-hmm. know. Go have a playoff run, then we'll talk. He's he's first yeah. round pick in an MLB and the NFL. Ninth overall in the MLB, I right? Just, yeah. Like that's crazy. First round, both both leagues. That's I love crazy. Kyler Murray. Yeah. You know, he's my fantasy team name and he's my fantasy starting quarterback. I love him. <laughs> I am hoping this man has his career year. He deserves one too. I hope he goes off. Okay. Well, what other questions do you have for us, Sal? Um, I think for Sal, we kind of wanted to discuss their big uh, change he had just made to his dynasty football team. Sure did. Oh, yeah, a little Austin Eckler move. And we'll get Jake's take on the other end of this next time he's in here with us. But we're going to get Sal's take. We're just going to kind of go through what, what that process so I'll was. I'll just give the back – I'll be give the, the back – the context pretty much. Essentially, you know, in this dynasty league that we're in, I think there's only anywhere between one to four of us that are like true contention to win it this year. Right. In our dynasty. Ten team league, um, by the way. It's a little top. Yeah, heavy. ten team league. You're right. And I think that I could be one of those four. And I think I want to make a power move, just trying to win. I want to win now. I'm not trying to win in five years. I'm not. Right. So for the team that's just formed that way, um, at the moment my RB ones are Jonathan Taylor and um and Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. And those are the two that I've had for about two years. I kind of snagged JT before he blew up. Um but for the year before, I, I snagged him from Brady. Year, right? His rookie year took him. Um, next year, the the rest is history. You know, the following year, and he did what he did. And so, following that, um, Jake approached me with a crazy trade. Jake was honestly in his conversation. He he kind of said, "I I want you to be that guy, Sal. I think you need this if you want to win this league." And he puts you in that position. He wanted it so, for you. Long yeah, story he short, was guiding that. Yeah, man. Wow. He he's like, well, because he he realized he's going to be a, he may or may not be a playoff team this year, but his players are young enough they may not do it. And I think he realizes that, and 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 saw that I could win now. At least help me out. He sold uh, Eckler high. Yeah. So he gave me Austin Eckler once again. That's being my RB three. Um, from Derrick Henry, too. yeah, he might as well be. Yeah, I I would say JT Eckler Henry, of course. I agree. Um, Ooh, for fantasy, I think those all so, three of those guys. Could I haven't even told you the trade. So he, he top five, all three of them, all three That's of them are so top scary. five. To have them in a lineup. How'd you get them though? I gave up T Higgins. Okay, so he wanted my T Higgins. Now I just acquired T Higgins from. Another trade previously. I, can get I traded T. Higgins to that um, team. Right. Yeah. And so it's, it came full circle, essentially. Um, moved a lot. So I, I ended up, so I took, a lot of picks were involved. I'll be up front with that now. Austin Eckler, he gave me um, a 2023 second round, 
2024 third round and a 2025 third round I am receiving. Um, so it's about three picks in Eckler. In right. return, I'm sending him T. Higgins, um, David Bell. I just picked him up as a rookie. 2024 first round. So the next two years I'll have a first round. 2024 second. So I give him two in the same year, I gave him my first and second round. That's four picks in the two rounds, right? That's how all in you are. Um, and then the 2025 second. And so he's going to have – he's pretty much – I gave him a good a year, maybe a year and a half of extra picks. Um, mm-hmm. He got back a good haul. He did the right thing, I think. He recognized the situation. You know, again, we'll hear what truly propelled that decision. Right. Essentially, I pretty much gave him my 2024 picks – and and a chunk of 2025. I think um, for for the Austin Eckler now and and some future picks like third rounders. I think you definitely got out on top here because the way you look at a trade every time is that I get the best player. I mean, if I, I and he's got three of them. Yeah, exactly. If I have the best player in the trade, I don't care what I gave up to get it. Like I gave up five second round picks to get McCaffrey. I don't care about second round picks. And using if I get them, the best I think player. they can each. Week in and week out, probably a minimum of 20 points each. That's a minimum of 60 points per week. I can hopefully guarantee yes. with those three players. And that's that's um, almost a floor for all three of those guys. That I mean, should be a literally. floor for all three of those I guys. Mean, if I can average insane. 150 a week, I think I can get somewhere with that. And uh, at this point, yeah, you kind of do have about to compete. You. But then here's the thing. If I, if I don't win this year, I look. I, this is a bad trade for me. If I don't win, this is, I look bad on that end. Here, here's the real thing about it. If the value for them is anywhere close to where it is right now this time of year, like next year, right? you can still sell all those guys and trade down and rebuild and have the same sort of contending yeah. ability. The better assets you have, the more trade assets you have at the same time. So, and right. then you can maximize all the value on your team. The way you look at it in Dynasty, a lot of guys, you know, you can, you can not make trades, you can make trades, you can hold your guys for five and years. You guys and wait. Know, I'm, I'm relatively conservative on my trading. Like I like you to have my team. I don't necessarily like to go boss the wall all the time. This is a and big so, trade for you. Oh, absolutely. And from my experience, you're definitely a name guy. You yeah. definitely like your big names. And if yeah. you're gonna do that, you got you do have to go all in. Those are the guys who have the most value, though. Like it, you look at it just like the stock market. Like <laughs> yeah. if you're gonna buy something, you want to at least be able to sell it again later. You don't want to buy something for it to watch it lose all its value on your team. Well, the point of the logic behind this, if I were to take them all now, I win mm-hmm. this year. I might sell Henry High, exactly. knowing that he may not do the same thing he does this year, next year, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think I might sell him high and get kind of get rid of him. Um, but still have JT and Eckler. Eckler may have another year or two as well in terms of his prime. And JT may have and JT five is to younger, ten. so yeah, yeah. I mean, it depends on how healthy he keeps himself. Right? Exactly. And so, but yeah, that was just the trade that shocked the world, in my opinion. And I, yeah. hope, I hope that it, it works shook out. The league up. Yeah, it, it created a third power. It's crazy. Yeah, all three of us, I think, have the best dynasty teams right now in our league. I think you all should just have you. Have you all done it? You just post the. the the league, like on your page. I think we posted the Amish league, right? But we, we didn't, didn't post, post Dynasty. Draft. We posted Dynasty the draft, draft, but like yeah. the set. T- could, could you just go in and, and do it and just post it and have people look at it? Yeah, we can post that on Twitter. Yeah. I, I, we, we'll go ahead and post that. Right. Is that Cali coming out here? Look at that beautiful uh, dog. But yeah, no, I think, um, you know. And we'll get Jake's out on this, I think. This would be pretty good for him. I definitely um, want to hear where Jake is coming from because when you get T. Higgins, David Bell. I think it helped him out too. Like he, he's, he has the mentality, you know, I may not win right now, but I can win in the future, so in when, the next few years. When and you I don't both, know if he prematurely did it. When you both asked me about it individually, I told him to add another first-round pick. 
Like that was my only he advice to him, and he didn't do it. And I, in a way, I think like, yeah, he lost the trade because he lost Eckler, and he didn't get at least two shots at an above fifty well, percent chance to get a great player in return. Right. T. Higgins is great, but I mean, in terms of having a great running back or a great wide receiver, two. At the end of the day, T. Higgins, T. Higgins would be a wide receiver two. Exactly. It's not. He's not, he. I mean, I'm sorry, Jake. I want to hear him out. I'm going to talk to him about it. I'm excited yeah. to hear his side. I got to hear it. There's a reason I upgraded from the two to the one. Oh, you got you went from Higgins to Jamar Chase this summer, but I really don't even, I can't even begin to talk to you about how you made that happen. It's can't all even. about negotiation, my friends. <laughs> you guys, uh, yeah, you guys can trade way higher than I can because uh, that's, yeah. that's what it is. You have those players, though, Sal, and that's what we're saying. You're so conservative, but, like, next year, if you win a championship. If I win, I can start you, selling high. You and reload, just, and your team is going to be good yeah. for another five years. You just right. got to think, got like, two years younger. And, you know, just to kind of switch away, you know, I, I want to make sure we touch on this because – this ties into fantasy, kind of how your targets have been this year. Who do you think is going to lead the the league in rushing yards? You first, though. Okay. Uh, rushing yard leader, um, I'm going to say Derrick Henry. I think he can do it. He was on pace last year, um, yep. you know, when he went out, averaging, you know, a good 20, 30 touches, mm-hmm. uh, getting those points. And so I think this year he could possibly do another 40 touches, um, up to upwards of 40 touches and maybe 2,000, 2,100 yards. Um, yeah. I, if he can catch five to eight balls per game, he would be so elite. He'd be so – he's already is, but – Yeah, he would. If he can just catch four to four to five balls. Yeah, I mean, if they increased his volume in the passing game, he would be almost an unbeatable player There's in fantasy like and him, real life. If you, Yeah. Yeah, Derrick Henry's a unicorn, but <laughs> – He is a unicorn, <laughs> absolutely. But let me tell you, uh, kind of a dark horse – I'm going to take Saquon Barkley. He's my rushing yard leader. Damn. That was my pick, dude. Really? I've been back and forth. I wish I'd got him. I just knew it wouldn't have been worth me to reach that high. But it probably won't be a reach, and I'm going to prove myself to be a fool on this, I think, when it's all said and done. I don't think you're a fool if he gets every single touch. He's going to get 300 carries. If he gets 290 carries and he is truly back to form, he could get 2,000 yards as well. And the problem with this pick, and just like the first, is we have to bank on guys that are coming off injuries. It's they tough. have to return the form to yeah, get to that level. Tough. None of us are doctors. None of us know. But I mean, like, if it like could a, be anybody any year. If you had like a true injury and like try to mentally get back, it's more mental than anything. I mean, I think physically it'll be there. I think that's but the biggest just, thing. It's the mental year. hurdle of, of yeah. athletes, athletes trying to get through that because they want to get injured again. And that first right? year is the toughest for all of them. Somebody like J.K. Dobbins would never be my pick for this. Yeah. Uh, after that, you know, we were talking about rushing yards, kind of the end, because we talk about Sal's got three, a three-headed monster at running back. How, how would that impact in the receiving game? Who are we looking at? You know, if, if you were to target a guy for this reason of being the, you know, the leader in yards for, as a receiver, who, you, who would you predict and who would you try to go after? Justin Jefferson. That's the obvious choice. That's the biggest choice in (laughs) terms of yards, yeah. I I think he could be there. You can guarantee him 1,600 minimum. Uh, Yeah. You know, like 1,700 minimum. I think his floor is about there, and his ceiling could get up to 1,900 yards. Yeah. I I like that odd. What if he hit 2,000? He's been talking about it all summer. 
talking about it and being about it are two different things, is, though. Is Kirk Cousins about it? I think so. I think Kirk Cousins is. He's I think gonna, Jay Jettas is as well. What if he peppers <laughs> him with targets with the new coach? Like, he's going to pepper him with Cooper Cup 200 targets. Bro, if you're Kirk Cousins, you want any chance of being relevant, you're going to get this man the ball. That's, I think they're going to the Super Bowl, so I think he's going to be phenomenal. He's up there. I mean, I mean, you're the top three guys, obviously. JJ, mm-hmm. Cup, and Jamar Chase. Yeah. But you wouldn't have said if I'd asked you three years ago if Chase or Cooper Cup was going to be this guy that blew up. I would have probably said Julio three years ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's the thing about football, man. You, it changes a lot, can change real fast. Cooper Cup is one of those guys. He could do the same thing he did last year. He could, but depends on if Stafford's going to be there. If he does the same thing he did last year, he would be the 1 1. Like in every single draft, he if would. you knew that's what you were going to get. And when was last time a receiver was the first overall pick in terms of ranking ADP? I, he, I can't yeah. remember. Calvin Johnson, maybe. Yeah, no one thought of Devontae Adams like that. No. no. You know, this is kind of an off fantasy question, but who's a defense player you think is going to win the defense player of the year award? I think it'll be TJ Watt again. Hmm. I'm a big fan of that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know I you're a Steelers it. fan, sure. I got his jersey. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you're super yeah. invested. <laughs> I love him. When it, when it comes to being the most impactful player on, the, on his team, that's what T.J. Watt does. And Aaron Donald is right there with him. But Aaron Donald, the only reason that he doesn't win defensive player every year is because the LeBron effect. When you're the best player, they can't literally give it to you every year, so they have to give it to somebody else. T.J. Watt can get his two... Defensive player of the years, and then they'll go back to Aaron Donald. I'm going to hit you with this one. Shaq Leonard. Really? I like that. I hope he – if he's healthy, because I don't know if he's even going to play week one, but when he comes back, yeah. He's one of those guys who can do it all. And we're talking about a guy on the cold side who we talked about being, you know, having big aspirations for. Mm -hmm. So they have to be led by a guy like that in order for it to happen. He has not hit his peak yet. He hasn't, and but he is special. Exactly, and this could be the year. I mean, if he comes in and the Colts want to go, actually go to the Super Bowl, he's gonna have to. He's gonna have to be a huge part of that. What about you, Sal? I don't know. I, I'm thinking here. I know um, T.J. Watt won it this past year. I think I'm gonna just go back to Aaron Donald. I think. Yeah. In the last five years, he's won it three times. Is what I'm looking at here. Mm-hmm. He's won it three times the last five. You know, he's he's coming up on 31 years old. So I mean, if it, you know, body and and things like that are coming into effect at this point. I still think he can probably do it again. Um, He's generational. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to have anybody like that for sure. I mean, he, the fact that he thought about retiring, but now he's back, he's going to be playing out of what his mind. What would you have done, though? Like, Super Bowl. if you had just won, you've been playing, you've been after it for so if long. If I was Aaron Donald, would you have retired? I probably would have one of those came, things. I probably would have come back, too, until you, until you can't do it anymore, yeah. if you're in that shape, because he's going to keep getting $30 million. He might get a $30 million a year contract as right. a defensive lineman. He's that valuable. And I kind of wanted to, you know, wrap a little bit of this episode up because we had our friend Sal in here, you know, Mama Edna. Appreciate it. Bacardi yeah. Sal. Ed Lady Hands. I do have some Lady Hands, man. It's not, it's not good. <laughs> I, I wanted to bring up the fact, you know, as I mentioned earlier, he's big in the disc golf. I am myself as well. Um, but I kind of wanted to touch on, he just got back, you know, pretty recently from a uh, pretty big tournament, the uh, Ledgestone Open up in Illinois. Yeah, man. And oh, wow. he got to meet a you know a lot of great people. He got to play in it. You know, it was it's an awesome experience. Um, I just kind of want to ask him, you know, a little bit. How how was the whole trip? No doubt. I mean, you know, for people 
who don't know what disc golf it's just a simple you know best sport you can play in terms of just being by yourself or getting to know people because you can play with like doctors and lawyers and people you don't know but this doesn't matter because you're just you're throwing a disc yeah just throwing <laughs> you're, a, you're just it comes down around. to that yeah so it's one of the coolest things um but no i definitely wanted this trip um so it was a tournament it was a four-day tournament in eureka illinois Mm-hmm. Um, you sign up for it five to six months beforehand. So I signed up in like February or March, uh, okay. for it to be, yeah. And then you, they, then it goes and then throughout, the, that's a whole week and there's like little tournaments and little events going on throughout the whole week. But the actual tournament, it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that whole city embraces disc golf too. Yeah. And if you really look at it, Emporia has a population of like 5,000 people. So this tournament alone. Say so uh, Emporia? Or, or I'm sorry. Eureka. Yeah, Eureka. Yeah, I, I guess lost there. Yeah, Eureka, <laughs> Illinois. Emporia is Kansas. But yes, Eureka, Illinois. Um, there's, yeah, that tiny, tiny place. And it's almost like doubling the population with one event, like with one weekly event. Wow, that's awesome. Um, and so, yeah, you play your rounds. Um, and uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So you play four rounds. Long story short, I didn't I didn't play the best. Um, there's in my division alone, there was 365 players. Three, wow. three, seven, yeah. So how many people in field. the whole tournament? Two twenty five hundred. So there's like multiple. Twenty five hundred. Yes, two thousand. It's one of the yeah. It is. It's my the national tournament. One, I'm the largest sure. yeah tournament. Um, in this yeah for disc golf. That's for disc large, golf. Oh my god! Um, and you, you know, were there. I got to play like the amateur version of it, but yes, I mean it was it was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> but next uh, year you're a pro. But uh, but you you it's so crazy because you can see the pros playing, practicing, they're doing their thing, and it's just nothing. Yeah. Like it's crazy. You see these guys on coverage and playing all the time, and then they're just there practicing. You know, um, mm-hmm. and there's events like meet and greets, things like that. So I was I was fortunate enough to go do that. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, I feel like one of the biggest reasons you'd want to go to a big tournament like that is just the opportunity, you know, because it does not exactly line up with the pros, you know, you get to go in there do your thing, but you also do get to experience the pros and how they treat the same courses right. and just the overall atmosphere changes. I think the vast skill, cause we'll play the same course as them and we'll like, I'll average, for example, when. Um, I'll average like plus eight, plus 10, whatever per round. That's pretty good for me. Right. Um, uh, and those hard courses, and then they'll come in and, and go like minus nine, minus 10 on their end, on the other end. Um, and that just shows a grand vast of skill, just like how they play yeah. versus how I play. It's a different, um, it's a different level completely. Yeah. And you got to meet, you know, one of the best ones on the tour, Ricky Wysocki. Tell me about that. Yeah, yeah dude. He, he's a two time world champion. So he's won dude, this world's event ironically it's this weekend for for 2022 oh wow yeah so shout out paul mcbeth um, there you go. yeah so he he won his sixth world title um but no ricky ricky's a two-time winner um and he had this meeting greet he had a he had a hell of a round about third day in i think he went minus nine at northwood black it's like one of their wooded courses and he came straight from straight from the course in his van to this meet and greet in Morton, Illinois. I don't know how long that is, but like a 15-minute drive from the course. Mm-hmm. And came in like normal, everything, brought his bag, just, just stopped, dropped, sat down, and started signing discs like right then and there. Everybody, it was a line, long line for him. It was from 6 to 8, and I showed up at like 4.30. And wow. there was like a good 100 people already. Um, oh, wow. So I got not only got my disc signed. Um, not just any disc, you know. We're talking about a special release. Yeah, unlimited release. Like it's called a Raptorized Slammer, just a, a mid-range or a approach disc. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was that was an awesome time, and I got the picture with him. Um, he was just down to earth, more down to earth than I ever thought he'd be. He's just so chill. He'd come out, um, 
you know, he'd come out every so often, start just throwing goodies at everybody, free minis and markers and things like that. Um, but it was a long line, and it's one of those things. And he, I met him. Um, I shook hands with Kyle Klein. It's another pro. Um, just wish them good luck. I just saw him on the side, but it's just crazy how like how crazy they just they're on the side they're doing their thing and yeah you're right there with the guys that you're looking up to you're trying to get to that level playing yeah. the same sport it's it's awesome and for mm-hmm. just for reference i'm in an ma i was playing ma2 it's an intermediate division mm-hmm. right and so you have your other divisions advanced um and higher ups and then they're at the end of it at mpo or open like the pro division okay they're about yeah about because you have advanced in front of me and then you have them you're trying to get there though aren't you i'd like to i, I mean i can't say i wouldn't but it's also one of those things. There's, it's so much time and effort, you know. Right. If you're willing to do it, I, yeah. There you, know? you go. And we're talking. These guys are insane. You know, yeah, they're yeah, out here crazy. throwing five, six hundred feet, which oh, yeah. in, in you know disc golf world, that's outstanding. And they're out here putting what we would, you know, Sal and I would go out and put these fifteen, twenty footers, and we'd be like, we might make them. You know, we'll yeah. make them every now and again. You know, fairly consistency. These guys will be making forty, fifty footers at that rate. Yeah, dude. So if if you never heard of disc golf, if you know what that is, dude, definitely check it out. It's real easy, real cheap. You just go out there, find a course with some chains, and just throw, it, dude. You'll get hooked. I promise. Yeah, just have, have some, some of those fun. Things. Sal, thanks for joining us, bro. It's been a pleasure. Hell dude, yeah, man. Thank God you just decided to fly up here from Florida. Like that is, it's my favorite it just happened, thing you've man. ever done. It just happened. Incredibly unplanned, compulsive, but it was yeah. absolutely this the man's best a experience. maniac. Literally yeah. a maniac for this. I, I probably honestly one of the most impulsive things I've done. Cause it, I, it, it just, just did worked it. Out. It was one of those things, you know, I was like, dude, I miss everybody here. I recently moved to Florida um, about two months ago at this point. And it was for a job promotion, which is great. Everything's going good there. But I had nothing. I had to start from the ground up. No friends, nothing. Right. right. So at this, at that point, I was just messing around with the old roommate, Rohan, asking him, what would I do? What would you do if I just showed up? It just, yeah. He's like, there's no way. There's no He loses mind. All doubt. Yeah, all doubt, dude. And for whatever reason, that just triggered me well enough to just pull the tr- yeah, pull the trigger and now get this thing. I'm pulled up. And yeah. The best part about Labor Day it, weekend. It was the first UK game. You know, go Cats. You got to there see your go. mom. You got to see your sister. You got to see you know, important people in the process. And while on top of it, getting to absolutely have a great time. Yeah, dude, it was awesome. So I'm, I, I hate that I'm leaving tomorrow, but like I said. I love coming back here, and I need you all to come visit me. That's for sure. Thank God you're on the pod. Thanks for joining us today, guys. That'll be it for the Ball Bros Podcast. Find us on social media at the Ball Bros Pod. Thank you. Thanks for listening today. Check us out on our socials at the Ball Bros Podcast. Let's ride.